And that's another reason why we tell people not to elope just because it's trendy, because we don't want you to be miserable. If you don't love hiking, we don't Mm. want you to hike. If you don't, if you're going to be sad that certain people aren't going to be there, then you invite them. You know, like there's no cookie cutter definition of an elopement. And like, if you're doing it just because it's like trendy, then you might end up being miserable on your day. You might love your photos, but you're not going to have a great day. And the whole point is to have a day that is focused on like you were saying your marriage. Yeah. And if that includes epic photos and a really cool hike and some like, you know, a whole day where you're together and doing something that you love, then that's awesome. But if you're just doing it because, oh, that would be so sick to like do a hiking elopement and you're going to be miserable. Is it really worth them being miserable? You yeah. know? Yeah, exactly. So. Welcome to Elopements with the Pinkers, our show to share our elopement expertise with couples who are thinking about eloping or might be right in the middle of planning their own elopement. My name is Dan Pinkert and my beautiful wife, Laura, is my co-host. Our hope is that sharing our experiences will make this process less stressful for you. So let's jump right into this week's episode. All right. Well, we are on episode number five. Yeah. I'm surprised that, you know, we're here, you know? Yeah. It's interesting because like we're super busy um, with, you know, sessions and doing like marketing stuff, but it's been actually pretty like fun to like make time for the podcast, I think. Yeah. 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 We we are a little bit late. We missed last week's because we were traveling. We were in Colorado and mm-hmm. had some catching up to do after we got back from that trip. Some and mental catching up too. Just yeah, sleeping yeah. in some some relaxing after. Uh, it was a it was a long couple of weeks before that. We we were pretty busy and um, yeah. it was nice to take a little bit of a break. So I agree. We're back. Yeah, I'm rocking a headache right now. I don't know how you're feeling. I'm feeling good. Had some coffee. Had some pizza. Yeah, I had both, but I just, I don't know, but we're good. So anyways, moving on, we thought it would be um, helpful to do a podcast with our frequently, see it's a really hard word, frequently frequently. asked questions that we get from um, potential clients, people on Instagram, people that are just like curious about like elopements in general. And like kind of compile those into a podcast so that you can, if you're not a reader, you can hear it or watch it. Yeah. And yeah, we get do all have, your questions asked. Yeah, yeah, you can read it if you want to. It's on our website. It's a blog post. Yeah. But uh, hopefully. Some people just don't like reading. So yeah. Yeah. This is for you guys. Or if you're just, you know, you haven't seen our blog or whatever. Yeah. I like listening to podcasts because um, I can do it while I'm driving or Mowing the lawn oh, you don't or read blog snow blowing while you drive. Yeah, sometimes. Don't. I actually used to <gasps> use the uh, no 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 oh, the accessibility oh. like voice. Yeah, uh, but she's so annoying. It's like blah, 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 yeah. and, and like misreads things all the time. Where it's like the the grammatical structure of the sentence, she she just does not comprehend it. No, so, she just has like the same tone the whole time. Yeah, it's really annoying. Um, but I used to do that for for blog posts sometimes, where like I could like triple tap on my home button and um just like swipe down and it just starts reading an entire page, and it'll even read like the alt text behind an image. Which if you oh. if you don't know about like SEO, search engine optimization, every image on on most people's website has text behind it to show Google what it is. And so it would like read that. And so I'm like getting descriptions of the pictures and I'm like, I don't care. <laughs> well, that's nice for people who are visually impaired. Yeah. Yes. So that anyways, is, that is true. This uh, 
is our frequently asked question. So let's dive Jump in, right shall in. we? Yeah, yeah. So um, we will just kind of go down the list and read off the questions, give our answers. Um, we won't read them directly from our, nah. our blog post, but it'll be very similar in content to what's on our blog post. Um, so feel free to check that out, but we will jump right in. So first question. All right, go. Dan. You want to answer this one or do you want to ask me this one? You you ask it because you have it in right. front of you. Right, right, right. <laughs> so um, one of the questions that we get asked, I feel like almost the most, is do our couples wear their dress and suit while they're hiking up on the mountain? Get this one all the time. So much. Yeah. Um and, and it makes sense yeah. because like people are so confused because a normal wedding day, you have a hair and makeup artist, you spend all this time getting ready in the morning and then you, you spend your day in your outfit. And, and so it's like, how do couples do that for a mountaintop elopement? It's just, it, it's confusing. Um, and I think another thing that contributes to this question is we take sometimes pictures of couples with hiking shoes and backpacks on over their wedding clothes. And so I think sometimes that um, even confuses people a little bit because yeah. then they see it, it looks like they're hiking. Right. The truth is that probably a good 95% of couples that we work with do not wear their wedding clothes um, on the hike. They change at the summit. Mm -hmm. So um, that that is, it, it's something that a lot of people are confused on, but typically the, the way we approach it, and we have another blog post all about this. Yes, we um, do is we we try to equip and help uh, the couple to be able to get ready on top of the summit, give them some um, some advice and, and tips, and we bring a pop-up changing tent so that they can change with a little bit of privacy on top of the mountain mm -hmm. so they don't have to feel like they're um, just totally exposed in the middle right. of a, um, a crowded summit, which right. usually the summits aren't super crowded, but there might be a couple other people there. Well, so. and we're there, so sometimes, you know, they're yeah, not vibing yeah, with true. changing in front of us. Yeah. And I've helped... Uh, several brides i actually don't even know how many um get into their dresses obviously because a lot of the times we'll do like first looks so i'm always helping them like yeah. button up if they have like buttons and stuff or holding their yeah. clothes or dress or whatever. and i'll help the guy with I'll, like I'll, I'll have a lint roller and we'll, we'll like make sure he <laughs> looks sure good and... i usually put the boutonnieres if they have them on the guy because like mm -hmm. they have no idea how it works not that i do but at least i've seen it done so i can yeah. like try to but i've tied ties for a couple guys nice so. Yeah. So basically the short answer is, um, no, they don't hike up in their clothes. They usually, well, they have clothes on. <laughs> <laughs> Yikes. This just took a, a turn. In their bridal and groom clothes, bride and groom clothes. Yeah. Wedding, know, wedding outfits. Um, but they have them usually like on the, uh, well, the bride sometimes will just like kind of roll her dress up and put it in her backpack. But the groom usually has his, um, suit like carabinered to the outside of his um yeah in a like suit what do you call those things suit uh, uh garment bag sure yeah uh it really does depend on the material of their outfits too mm -hmm. um so depending on how wrinkle resistant the material is um for example the dress we've had some brides who like you said roll up the dress and put it in their backpack yeah because usually had, it's like um really not wrinkly yeah it's like a flowy material that doesn't wrinkle easily also have a blog post we, on that yes we do um other brides have had materials that wrinkle more and so they actually will put their dress in a garment bag as well yeah um so we've had couples do that both ways but usually um there's some sort of rigging the the outfits to the backpacks um or in the backpacks so that they're safe and um 
And usually the couples will, I mean, they'll wear like hiking, hiking shoes and normal hiking clothes so that they're comfortable. Mm -hmm. Um, It's easy for them to hike. And then at the top, they will get ready. Sometimes they still wear their like hiking shoes underneath some of our brides and, actually, I would say like a good 50% just go barefoot depending yeah. on what, what uh, season it is, like fall and summer. Not, not on the hike. No. But at the, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think for they got that. Yeah. And then the guy will wear like. Could you imagine hiking barefoot? I have. Oh, you did? You yeah. hiked down barefoot because you had blisters bad. once. I felt like connected to the earth. Wow. You know? Any any outdoorsy person listening is going to think we're such noobs now. Nah. We know nothing about hiking. If anything, that makes me one with the earth. <laughs> one with nature. <laughs> All right, moving on, because we took a long time to yeah, answer that. Sorry. Um, the second question is, what if we get all sweaty um, while hiking for their elopement? Actually, this question might be... It's up there. ...even more common. Yeah. So, because, you know, people will see that we've done, you know, high peaks and um, kind of harder, moderate to hard hikes. Um and none of our clients have ever like looked gross. So we always get the question like, how are they not sweaty? What if I'm sweaty? I'm a really sweaty person. And the answer to that question is everyone does get sweaty. We get sweaty. The bride yeah. and groom gets sweaty. So we usually leave anywhere from like an hour to two hours um, of time at the summit before um, we initially are going to do like the ceremony. And they'll cool off, um, change their clothes. Sometimes like we'll recommend bringing like a different t-shirt to just like sit in. So you're not like sitting in your like gross t-shirt and stuff. And they, you know, use um, wipes and stuff. And we just kind of sit up there for like a while. Yeah. And at that point, everyone's cooled off. No one's you know, gross. Yeah. Um, the bride usually will like put on her makeup cause she doesn't usually hike with makeup. So she's applying her makeup. He's fixing his hair. They'll bring, you know, like gel hairspray, that kind of stuff. Um, so we've never had clients look sweaty or gross. Yeah. And that's one thing that I always, one thing I always say to encourage couples who ask me this question over the phone, when we, this usually comes up in the first phone call we have when I, <laughs> I say like, all right, now, do you guys have any questions for me? Usually the couple will say, what do we do about getting sweaty on the hike? Um, and I always encourage them because if you look through our photos, there's probably a reason you reached out to us because you're attracted to those photos. Um, Laura is really good. Um, she's really talented. She's great at editing. Um, and, uh, the photos look really nice. And so you, you see those photos, you're drawn to it. And that's why you reach out to us. Well, all of those couples were in the same boat. Mm-hmm. And they always look great. Mm-hmm. So you have nothing to be afraid of. Yeah. Even um, clients that are like, I, I literally sweat so much on hikes. Like we've had several of them. Yeah. And they've never, we've never not had enough time to cool down and change and stuff like that. So yeah. And the thing is like, okay, so at a normal wedding, you expect the bride and the groom to be 100% um, perfectly groomed and elegant and put together 100% completely like perfect. At a mountaintop elopement, like you have wind blowing through your hair, um, mm-hmm. you you're in the middle of nature. Mm-hmm. It's a different feel. So if there's like one hair that's not in the perfectly right place, nobody's gonna notice that because it looks very natural and right. it just looks. If anything, it looks cooler. Yeah, that the sun, uh, the sun, the uh, wind is like blowing your hair yeah. and stuff like that. And obviously, if there's something like More for authentic. portraits, yeah, for portraits, if there's something like crazy, then I'm gonna like you know, change that around. Yeah. But for ceremonies, we've never had issues. So, and yeah. we've had a lot of like windy ceremonies and stuff like that. So, yeah. Anyways. So you have nothing to worry about. You should bring some essentials to clean up and, and just kind of like be put together at the summit. Mm-hmm. Um, and we leave time before the ceremony for that. 
but you have nothing to worry about. No. You will look amazing. Yeah. All right. So third question is, can I bring flowers, decoration, champagne, etc., to my elopement on the can mountain you? top? Yes. Of course. We um we always encourage clients to bring anything that's like really meaningful to them or, you know, if they have like a cute little blanket or carpet that they want to stand on at the summit to add a little bit more decoration. A lot of, mm-hmm. a lot, if not all of our clients have brought some sort of either fake flowers or real flowers to the summit. And usually, yeah, I'd say a good 80%. Yeah. Our, they either like strap do. them to the back of their backpack or we just like hold them or put them in a little box. Yeah. There's, there's a florist, um, Boston who, and Burke. Yeah. Boston and Burke who, who's nearby. Yeah. Who she, them. she rigs a uh, cardboard box with straps and little like pins inside the box. And keeps the holding, flowers in water. Yeah. Um, it's holding the flowers in water straight up secured. Um, and then it's like turning this cardboard box into a backpack for yeah. hiking. And I carry it up for clients yeah. and we love so it. then, yeah, you can have real flowers, you can have fake flowers. Um, a lot of our clients will bring like champagne. Um, yeah, some of them will bring like, yeah, some of them will, will bring like um, beer with like, mm-hmm. cool, like, what are those called? The like things that you put your beer in, like coolers, but not. Like the little holder. Yeah, things. I, I don't know. know. I'm not, I don't I'm not, know. not we don't well beer. versed in the beer yeah. world. We're not like big fans of beer. Yeah. But anyways, you can bring anything that you can carry or that we can help you carry. I would say bring it if you're really wanting it like decorations yeah. or and and again that also depends on like what kind of mountain you're doing because you're not going to want to hike with like a ton of decorations if you're doing like a really hard high peak because then that's just yeah. extra weight and you're going to need more essentials but if you're doing like two hour hike that's not yeah. like we we did deal. hike one one of the tallest mountains that we've hiked with a couple they brought I think like two bottles of champagne they brought um, like a sign and mm-hmm. flowers and a lot of different things. Um, so they, they brought a lot on a really long, like harder hike. So it is doable, yeah. but it really just depends on what you want for your alone. Right. Yeah. So that's, that's the answer to that question. Okay. Yeah. So four, um, <laughs> this is funny. Four is what if I have too much to carry while we trek up the mountain? Yeah. Hey, that's a perfect segue from question three. Um, so to answer that one, uh, I am always Laura's pack mule. So I'm carrying a backpack that is like 40 pounds, um, full of our equipment and water and snacks and whatever we need to bring, depending on like how much we have, um, like if we're doing video and photography, um, depending on how long the hike is, stuff like that, it kind of ranges. But I usually carry everything that we need to bring and then Laura will be available to help um, the couple carry stuff if they have a lot to carry. Right. So, yeah. And we'll usually plan that in advance with couples and like, see what they're bringing if they need me to carry like any decorations or anything like that. So basically I'm always available in case you feel like you're packing too much, but, um, yeah. Or sometimes even if like we see that the couple is struggling a little bit, like they have a little too much to carry, Laura will like take some, um, for them mid hike, stuff like that. So, Mm Um, we're always available to help. It's it's never really been an issue. Um, usually we just, we plan for so much time on the hike that we can go slowly. We yeah. don't have to like rush and rush. Yeah, we're never and, like running or anything like yeah. that. So. so you have a lot of stuff. You just hike a little slower. And let me carry some of it. 
Yeah. All right. Moving on. This we kind of already answered, but not in full. Um, five is how do I change into my wedding clothes and get ready on top of the mountain? So we kind of already answered this, but short, short answer is if you're comfortable changing in the woods, then you can do that. If you want more privacy, we have a pop-up changing tent that we hike with for those clients that don't want to change in the woods. So the groom will usually change first so that if they're doing a first look, um, she can go last. So he's already like ready and stuff. Yeah. Um, and then as far as like getting ready, usually, um, you know, hair and makeup is done and fixed on the summit. Um, the guy doesn't really usually have to do much. Like, I don't know. I think usually he'll cool down and maybe fix his hair and have you tie his tie. That's pretty much it. So then, yeah, it's basically just getting ready, but on a mountain. Yeah. There's not a whole lot. Usually our couples are a little bit more laid back than people getting ready for like a traditional wedding, Mm -hmm. um, where you, you might have like a, a full team of hair and makeup artists, um, doing right. it together yeah. so it's a little bit more laid back but we would encourage you to bring like uh, a little mirror um the guy should bring like if he if he uses a comb and um like hair product stuff like that mm-hmm. so you should bring some of the essentials to make sure that you you feel put together but you also shouldn't freak out about it you're no. out in nature and you're gonna look great right so. yeah all right so then six is what time of day is best for photos on the mountain for an elopement so the best time typically is well okay yeah so for photos the best time is going to be when there's not a lot of harsh light Mm -hmm. um because harsh light uh where it's very direct on your face if the sun is like right above you shining down it'll cause shadows underneath your eyes um weird shadows like on your under your nose and under your chin and Mm -hmm. it'll just things that that don't look good on your face it's just not flattering um, sometimes if the, the sun is hitting you sideways, it'll just like one eye will be shadow and the other one will be really bright. Mm-hmm. And so, um, harsh light is never fun to work with. We, we, when we used to do like traditional weddings, you have no control over the timeline. You no, have to take pictures ever. for eight hours straight. Some of that's in harsh light. Some of it's not. Um, so we know how to do it, but we always try to avoid it if possible because you get better photos if there's no harsh light. Right. So anywhere from like, um, like that hour before sunrise till sunrise, you know, you get that blue hour before sunrise and then you get sunrise. Um, yeah. And even a, a couple minutes, like anywhere from half hour to 40 minutes after sunrise, the, the light is still really low um, and usually not super direct, especially when you're on a mountain because you're usually, you know. Yeah. Different day, different days kind of like change how the sunrise is. I feel like sunset is a little bit more predictable than sunrise. Right. Sometimes sunrise, it's like, Oh, it's super dark, super dark, super dark. And then it's like, boom. Yeah. There, there's the sun. It's right. super bright. Yeah. Other days, it's like really gradual. And it's like you you have a lot of light for, for a while leading up yeah. to sunrise. So it's really hard to say with sunrise. For sunset, usually you, you have a good two hours before sunset. Mm-hmm. And those two hours, um, you've, you've got decent lighting. And then even for a half hour after sunset, you still have yeah. enough light to take good pictures. I love like dusk photos. Usually yeah. what we try to do is get our clients to do a sunset hike because mm-hmm. um, first of all, less people on the trail. Everyone's coming down while you're going up. Um, you have yeah, like Dan a lot said, more privacy. Yeah. You have a lot more time before the sun sets. Um, and then even after the sun sets, then you have that blue hour, um, Mm -hmm. which is really fun to shoot in as well. So typically we would say sunset. Um, sometimes we do sunrise. It really just depends on the summit too, because it all depends on where the sun is rising and which summit you're on because, you know, you could be like 
in front of the sun or behind it or whatever, depending on where you are. So yeah. And, and sometimes like depending on the weather, if you have a really cloudy day, um, it might not depend, it might not really matter if you do it during sunset or sunrise, right? Um, because the clouds are a natural diffuser for the light. So it's, it's shining through, um, shining through the clouds and it, it's not the harsh light directly on your face. So it's a lot easier to work with for pictures. Right. Um, so if you have a really cloudy day, um, a lot of times in the winter, we don't have uh, really, really harsh light. So we don't really have to worry that much about the time. Yeah. Sometimes we do midday um, yeah. elopements on top of mountains because we know it's going to be like snowy or Yeah. We, we just had one. Um, it was a proposal um, but we actually changed the time last minute, the, the morning of, because we were going to be doing it, uh, at sunrise and the, mm -hmm. the couple was going to wake up at like three 30 in the morning yeah. to get there in time. And we were, we saw that it was going to be 90% cloud coverage and we were All like, day. Whoa, okay. We don't have to get up that early. Right. We can wait a few hours. And it was and literally it was perfect. perfect. Yeah, yeah. So perfect. So, um, it, it really does depend on like what day you're choosing. And sometimes we'll even choose the time closer to the elopement. Um, we'll talk with a couple about it. Like, Hey, it looks like it's going to rain in the morning, mm -hmm. but be fine at night. Do you want to do it closer to sunset? Stuff like that. So it's very, you know, the light and the weather is always pretty unpredictable. So we kind of try to go with the flow yeah see what the couple wants but moving on next question yes seven right we're on seven i don't know yes we are seven is can we bring friends and family if we're eloping on a mountain the answer is yes um it really depends on the mountain that you're choosing and what your family is like right um but you can always bring friends and family to your elopement you do not Eloping does not mean it is just you two. And right. we've talked about this in other episodes. Um, we talk about this all the time. Eloping can include a few people. Mm -hmm. um, it can include like 10, 15, 20 people. It really is more about the spirit um, of the event, the spirit of the day, and less about how many people are there. But for a mountaintop elopement, um, it really just does depend on can your family do whatever mountain you are planning on doing. Right. And then the solution for that, if you still want um, friends and family at your elopement that we've had with couples who know that their family can't hike the ones that they want to hike, um, they've had their ceremony um, in a field or by one of our many, 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 many lakes in the Adirondacks. Um, yeah. Or at an Airbnb. Yep, an Airbnb. Um, so they'll have a very simple, really pretty, either like backyard Airbnb field with mountains in the background ceremony mm -hmm. um, and get, you know, family photos and, um, you know, group photos and stuff like that. And then um, we'll hike with them either the same day or the day after or the day before. It kind of just depends on what they're how long they're going to be in the area and what they their preference is. And we'll do the mountain that they want to do for yeah. their either personal vows at the top or personal vows and portraits or just portraits. It just kind of depends on what their vibe is. But yeah. there's always w a way to include friends and family if that's what you're thinking for your elopement. Yeah. So, so uh, you can definitely include them. Um, we definitely try to be flexible to make things work for friends and family. Um, you can also listen to our podcast episode about what an elopement actually looks like. And we talked about that in a lot more detail mm -hmm. about different scenarios where different couples that we've, we've worked with um, incorporated their friends and family into their elopement. So um, go ahead and listen to that episode if you want more um, and, and feel free to reach out to us. And we're happy to kind of like talk through some options with you guys. Um, but totally, totally can. The answer is yes. Yeah. Um, 
So then that's a good segue into eight, which is, can I bring my dog to my elopement or dogs? And the answer to that is, yeah, dogs is kind of the same. furry friends. Yeah. It's kind of the same. Yes, you can. There are several mountains in the Adirondacks that are not um, dog friendly, that they don't allow dogs. Um, So you just have to like know which ones those are. Mm. And that'll usually, they'll usually say on all trails or websites for different, um, uh, hikes if yeah. it's dog friendly or not for sure any of the hikes on the adirondack mountain reserve amr um are not dog friendly you mm-hmm. will get in serious trouble if you bring your dog yeah you can't pass through their property which um if you are semi-familiar with the adirondacks that's um in in uh keen um that is right where like the parking lot for indian head which is a really popular hike is mm-hmm. um you're pe- you're walking through kind of like this nice um resort uh um, what's the, I don't know. What's, it's a what's it actually called? Too. The Osable Club. Yeah. Um, you're walking, walking through the Osable Club and like, um, getting to the trailhead on their property and they don't allow any dogs to go through their property. So yeah. that is one that you cannot, um, if you want to bring your dog or dogs, uh, with, to your elopement, with um, to your hike, elopement, with to your elopement. Um, if you want to bring your dogs with, um, we are happy to help you find a dog friendly hike. There are some that we absolutely love that are dog friendly. Mm-hmm. Um, there are some that we, we know, Hey, this probably wouldn't work for a dog because there's like a ladder you have to climb up or something like that. Right. Um, so there are some things like that, that you have to think. Through. And it's also your dog's ability because you know, your dog better than everyone else. So mm-hmm. if it's, if your dog is kind of chunky, like ours, one of ours is, then we wouldn't take him on like a three hour hike, but we would take him on like a 45 minute minute hike. Um, our other dog's super athletic. So we'd probably take him on most of the hikes that we would do because he loves it. So no, knowing your dog and what you think that they're going to be able to do. Um, and then also potentially being able to carry your dog if they get really tired and stuff like that. So just thinking through those things. How much does your dog weigh? Yeah. So just thinking through those things, but we love dogs. We love working with dogs. Dan will usually um, take the dog when I'm taking portraits so that you you don't have to like be holding your dog the whole time and stuff. So I'm a professional dog sitter. Yes, you are. At elopements. Um, yeah. But yes, so the answer is yes, you can. We are happy to help make that happen. Yes. Next question. Next question. So nine, what um, about the legalities of elopements and will you sign as the witness? Yes. Uh, so the legalities, um, basically to, to get married, you have to get a marriage license and you have to, uh, have that marriage license in in most States. You have to have that marriage license signed by an officiant and one or two witnesses and then send the marriage license back to the city or town clerk or County clerk, wherever you got the marriage license from, they file it in their records. They send you a marriage certificate and you are officially legally married. Then you can use that marriage certificate to change your name on your social security card and whatever you're going to do, you know, mm-hmm. go through all of the legal processes. Um, so that's that's the kind of main uh, kind of avenue that most states require. Yeah. Well, they Some, also New York requires one witness. Yeah. And that's what I was going to say. Some differ in in minor details. Some only require one witness. Some require two. Some states uh, don't require any witnesses. Some states like Colorado don't even require an officiant. The couple can self-solemnize their marriage. Mm -hmm. So it does depend on your state, but that's the general avenue. Right. Um, And you're ordained. So Dan will usually do um, 
the ceremonies for clients or they they read personal vows and dan will just sign the marriage license instead mm-hmm. of just officiating like a ceremony and then i'm always if there's no one else that they want to sign as uh the witness like if they don't have any family or friends that are coming with i always sign as the witness um yeah. so short answer to that question we are happy to help to make sure everything is legal and official and uh sign as the officiant and witness yes so then number 10 is what if the mountain is crowded during our elopement? Which we kind of touched on a little bit. Yeah. Um, we, we do try to go at sunset or sunrise, which is usually the um, best time to avoid a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Um, there's never really a guarantee and uh, there might be a couple other people on the summit. Um, but we've never had more than three or four people. Mm-hmm. on a summit during one of our elopements um, because we always try to go at sunrise or sunset. Yeah. So, and if they are there, um, everyone is always super respectful and will get mm-hmm. out of the way and not bother you. Um, yeah. They might congratulate you or something like that, but that's pretty much it. So even if there are people on the summit, uh, which isn't usual for us because we go so early or late, um, yeah, they're really nice. And people like if you hike a lot, then you know most of the times the hiking culture, everyone is really like nice and yeah, very helpful, considerate, sweet. Yeah. yeah, so never a huge issue for yeah. us. Yeah, and we do try to choose hikes that we know um, will work well for for Lomans too. So um, there are some hikes that have a smaller kind of summit lookout area, um, and usually the smaller the area, the more crowded that one little area will be Mm -hmm. um so there are some hikes that we know of uh more private places to go to and sometimes clients will find uh new hikes that we haven't done before um which is always exciting we we love doing hikes that we have not um gone gone on before new mountains new Mm -hmm. views it's it's really exciting for us sometimes those ones it's a little more uncertain about whether or not it's going to have enough space but again it's an adventure we yeah we've never had an issue um so yeah, I don't think that's really much to worry about. Um, nah. If you were going out west, where you have way, way overcrowded national parks, it then, might be a little bit yeah, more of an issue. Then there would be more of an issue. But yeah. the Adirondacks are so big and vast, and people usually hike midday that we never really have that issue. Yeah. So totally. So the last question for now. Yeah, we'll we'll have to do a part two because yeah, we get so many questions. You can't do it all in one. Yeah. <laughs> but the last question is: What if there is bad weather on the day that they're eloping on a mountaintop. Yeah. So this is a really good question to talk about beforehand, um, just to kind of like make sure that you are prepared. Um, when you are doing an adventurous elopement, when you're doing anything outdoors, um, if you're scheduling something with, with people who are setting aside a date and you're booking them, you're putting down a retainer, um, there is some risk of bad weather. And that is something that you have to be ready for um, mm-hmm. because you, you, you can't expect um, when you're, when you're booking people six months out, a year out, you can't expect the, the date to be extremely flexible mm-hmm. um, depending on the weather. So um, we typically approach it a couple different ways. First of all, um, we, we try to communicate upfront. You are, you are uh, signing up for something adventurous. You have to be ready for whatever is thrown at you. Mm-hmm. That being said, you can um, come up with a backup plan and find ways to go about uh, your elopement if there are things you don't want to deal with, like rain or um, if it's extremely cold or something like that. You can 
create a backup plan. Right. So, but in terms of photography, um, we love like shooting in the snow and the rain. Um, it just makes for unique photos. The lighting is usually really great because there's a lot of clouds and stuff with mm -hmm. rain or snow. Um, so we're always really excited for that. You know, that might not be everyone's cup of tea. So you can do basically what Dan was saying and come up with a plan B just in case. Um, but sometimes our clients are like, nah, like screw it. We'll just do it. And then they love their photos. We we've had, um, elopements in a winter storm, like blizzard. We've had, um, that one elopement that we did where it was pouring down rain and they were under umbrellas. It was like mm -hmm. super beautiful. Um, so it really just depends on what you're comfortable with and what would, you know, would it be a bummer to have rain on your wedding day or would it be, would you like it because of the photos and how cool it would be? So kind of weighing those options and deciding, what's you know is it a win-lose win-win you know what's mm -hmm. what's your vibe you yeah know? yeah and so some of our couples have opted to do things that are a little less uh adventurous a little less intense because of whether it's going to be cold or it's gonna there's going to be rain or um it's too foggy or different different things that are going to affect um, the the hiking elopement. Some couples have opted to to go to easier locations. You can um, find a really cute Airbnb as a backup. You can go to a field uh, where you just have umbrellas and you don't have to be hiking. Um, there are different options, but one of the things you have to think through is what are we going to do if there is bad weather? And if, if to you that the risk of that just sounds like, wow, that's, that is just not us. We don't want to have to deal with the possibility of that. You might want to do, do something a little less adventurous mm -hmm. um, because that is something that yeah. you are going to be risking. You can so. like plan, like over plan for your elopement and still things will be out of your control. And that's kind of like the the bad thing, but also the like really beautiful thing about elopements is no elopement is going to be the same. No weather is going to be the same. Even if you're on the same summit, it's always going to be different lighting, different yeah. weather, different, you know, vibes from, you know, people. I don't know. Like it, there's Everything just, it's never unique. going yeah. to be the same, which is what makes it really cool and unique. But it also, you know, if you're the kind of person that wants to know everything that's going to happen, then having an overly adventurous elopement might not be right for you because, you know, in the word adventure is that idea of almost like the unknown. Like yeah. it's an adventure because and, you don't really know. Yeah. And that's the thing is like what really matters. And, and the, the couples that we work with, they, they always have this mindset. And this is the right mindset to have, especially if you're doing really for any wedding or marriage, but especially if you're eloping is whatever happens, all that really matters is getting married. Yeah. You know, like the photos are great. The photos are, are fantastic. And having a beautiful view and an amazing location, that's great. But that's not the most important thing. The most important mm -mm. thing is getting married right. and documenting how much you are enjoying that. So if that's in an Airbnb because it's raining and you don't want to deal with the rain on your, your day, you can always come back to the Adirondacks or, or wherever you're eloping and go to that cool location another time and get more photos. Right. It doesn't have to be there. Anniversary. That's picks. not what it's all about. No. So. And that's another reason why we tell people not to elope just because it's trendy, because we don't want you to be miserable. If you don't love hiking, we don't mm -hmm. want you to hike. If you don't, if you're going to be sad that certain people aren't going to be there, then you invite them. You know, like there's no cookie cutter definition of an elopement. And like, if you're doing it just because it's like trendy, then you might end up being miserable on your day. You yeah. might love your photos, but you're not going to have a great day. And the whole point is to have a day that is focused on like 
you were saying your marriage yeah and if that includes epic photos and a really cool hike and some like you know a whole day where you're together and doing something that you love then that's awesome but if you're just doing it because oh that would be so sick to like do a hiking elopement and you're going to be miserable is it really worth them being miserable you yeah, know yeah exactly so. and and so there there are ways that you can um deal with different weather and different situations to make it enjoyable mm -hmm. it's not like you're going to be just soaked and miserable you can wear like um raincoat poncho um yeah. gaiters over your shoes to make sure your socks aren't getting soaked things like that um but you you have to be ready to deal with that kind of stuff yeah um or else you, you should rethink what your specific plan is. Mm -hmm. um, and like we said, we're, we're flexible. We, we are flexible about changing the time. We're flexible about changing the location. We always are, we try to have a fluid mentality where things can change with a moment's notice leading up to an elopement. Um, so we, we do try to be flexible, but you have to think through some of those things. Right. Um, so that is really all we have time for in this episode, but we are going to continue the, yeah. the frequently asked next questions. Next week's episode, I think will be another frequently asked question. Yeah, we'll just do part two next week. We have so many, um, and I'm sure we can make a podcast about like every single one of those questions, to be honest. Which but maybe we will with some of them. Yeah, actually I'm do sure. like a full yeah, episode. I'm sure to we go will. Dive because there's so deeper. many more things we could say about each point, but this is yeah. kind of just a broad overview. But all that to say, stay tuned for our next episode because we'll go through a lot yeah. more um, questions. And, uh, you know, if there's something that we don't end up talking about, our DMs on Instagram are always open. Um, if there are yeah. questions, sometimes we get a lot of DMs though. That's so true. don't be offended if we take a while oh to respond. Oh my gosh, I know. I'll yeah. like answer it and then like a day later we'll have like 20 requests i'm like i yeah. just answered it it's like how do we have so many already yeah but um yeah make sure that you subscribe on whatever podcast platform you're listening on mm -hmm. not um, podcast not pot i didn't say it this time <laughs> did you try uh, really hard i did i, I was your, thinking i was I like not uh, I, why do i always mess up that word i don't know because it's literally so easy but subscribe on whatever platform you're listening on um make sure that you if you're watching on youtube or uh if you're watching somewhere else, give us a review. But if you're watching on YouTube, it's the red button that says subscribe. Yeah. It's not it, hard well, to I miss. was going to say also give us a thumbs up. Oh. Um, hit the notification bell to be notified when we post more videos. Uh, stuff like that. So every view and listen counts. So yep. every like counts. Every comment. Subscriber. If you're on YouTube, comment on the video. Tell us what you think. Oh, if that's you have true. Any they questions, could ask questions on YouTube yeah. as well. Yep. So Great. that is nice. where we're That's going it. to end it for this episode. We will catch you guys next week. Bye. Bye.